0: know what's up what's up everybody welcome to episode five hundred and forty five of the Talking Fires Podcast and YouTube show Ben Fadden with you. It is December twenty-eighth, twenty twenty-three, inching closer to twenty twenty-four. I think I can speak for a lot of Padres fans when I say thank goodness that 2024 is almost here because it didn't seem like there were a ton of positives that came out of 2023. Um, A lot of kick-in-the-nuts moments in 2023, and so we're almost there. Hopefully, everybody is doing well. If you have to work, hopefully you can enjoy this show while you're at work, whether you're on the podcast platforms, you're listening there, or you're watching on YouTube Live, or you're watching on Replay. On YouTube. I appreciate everyone for your time. Um, If you're here for the first time and you want to know how can I join the live show, well, you can click that link that's pinned up at the top of the chat. You can leave comments, questions in the chat as well. You can use that super chat button. It supports the channel. I greatly appreciate that. And for all the super chats, uh, I immediately get to those or as, as soon as I see them, I will get to those. You jump to the front of the line Again, it supports the channel. So I appreciate that. And the live streams, if you want to know when the live streams are happening, make sure to subscribe to this YouTube channel and turn on the notifications because that will tell you when I am going live. I think it also tells you like 30 minutes prior to when I'm scheduled to go live. Sometimes I don't nail the exact time down. Like I'll say I'm going live at, 10 a.m. but then I change it to 9 30 just based on my schedule availability just when okay I'm ready to do the show now uh, but it it should tell you it should give your alert okay he's going live now so there you go um, the main topic today what if the Padres don't make enough moves I'm kind of altering it based on a fan question who came up with an episode idea that wanted me to do a show on this and I, I love listening to Padres fans and having you guys provide feedback. And if you want for me to do a certain episode on a certain topic, please let me know and I'll try my best to get that done. But um, I want to give credit at little casino music on YouTube in the comments section a couple days ago said, I have an episode idea. What if the Padres stand pat and don't make any moves? What does that mean? Are they clearing room to give Kim a payday soon? Is our four to six pitchers Vasquez, Waldron, Avila, Brito until 2025 when the young guys are ready? Is Merrill, Marcy, Profar, hopefully get signed soon, and Tatis and Azokar are outfield? Is our infield Manny, Bogarts, Kim, Eggy Rosario, Jake Croneworth and Jerkson Profar for first base? Are the Padres going to be okay if that's the case? I think it would be a good episode. So I saw that and was like, yeah, that would be, I think, uh, an interesting show to do. So I'm going to alter that a little bit. I'll answer those questions that he put down here for sure. But I'm altering it from what if the Padres Stan and don't make any moves to what if they don't make enough moves? What if the Padres don't, what if A.J. Preller doesn't build a, a good enough roster? Then what does that mean? Who is going to be on the roster? What could the lineup potentially look like? So that's what I'm really going to be focusing on here. Um, but to answer these questions out of the gate, so what if the Padres stand pat don't make any moves? Well, first, what does that mean? That means that the rotation would be Joe Musgrove, Yu Darvish, Michael King, Pedro Avila, and Matt Waldron, right? Those five. And then the outfield would be Fernando in right, Azokar in center, and who would be in left? Cal Mitchell? He's, he's put in as the left fielder right now on fan graphs. And then the infield would be well, Manny DHing to start. Kim at third, I think. No, no, no. It would be, it wouldn't be Kim. It would if they sign ProFar, let's say, like this comment says, then Profar at first, Crony at second, Bogart's at short, Kim at third, Manny DHing. If they don't have ProFar and it's literally like no moves are made, which is it's not gonna happen, like AJ has to make moves. But if no moves were made to answer this question, Fangraphs has it, Crony at first, Kim at second, Bogarts at short, Matthew Batten at third. Maybe I'd put Eggy Rosario at third, but yeah, that would be that. The bench would be Kyle Higashioka, obviously. Campy's the starting catcher. Eggy Rosario or Matthew Batten, whoever's not playing third in the, in this scenario. Tyler Wade, who I forgot that they signed. I guess that's a minor league deal. Terso or would be, I guess, the bench outfielder because Taylor Colway, he ended up going to the Mets because they let him go. So he's not even on the roster anymore. Um, Fangraphs has the rotation as Musgrove, Darvish, King, Randy Vasquez, Pedro Avila. So not Matt Waldron. Which I could see Randy Vasquez being a starter. But I'm more familiar with Waldron. So I guess that's why I put Waldron in there. But yeah, I could see that. If no moves are made, but again, moves are going to happen. Like it moves have to happen. And then the bullpen, Robert Suarez, Yuki Matsui, Daniel De los Santos, Stephen Wilson, Tom Cosgrove, Adrian Morhone, Steven Kolek, the rule five guy. And then Luis Patino, who the Padres obviously just claimed from waivers, claimed off waivers from the Chicago White Sox. So yeah, not a great roster. If no moves were made, but we know that moves are going to be made. So that's why I'm altering really the show here. What if enough moves aren't made? What if AJ isn't able to make enough moves to build a complete team? What will that mean? Well, what that means is then the rotation isn't going to have a ton of depth. I wouldn't think. And it's going to be a huge question mark going into the season. I would say the bullpen. I think right now the bullpen looks pretty solid. You probably want another reliever in there, but I think I think it looks pretty solid. Patino, by the way, I'm just thinking of this in my head. Patino, I think, could be moved from the bullpen into the rotation if the Padres want to give him that shot, kind of like Morahone. You know how they've given Morahone the shot to start, and then they put him in the bullpen? Maybe that's what they do with Patino here in spring training, just to give them another starting rotation option, and then if it doesn't work out, or if there's more guys than necessary for the rotation, they can have Patino go be in the bullpen. Um, he has done both since he left the Padres with Tampa, with the White Sox. He has done a little bit of both. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens with Patino. But yeah, if, if enough moves aren't made and the roster won't be complete, then we might be looking at Profar as a starting left fielder. Or if they bring in a left fielder, we might be looking, as, looking at Zocar as the starting center fielder. Or... Jacob Marcy, who doesn't seem like he's it doesn't seem like he's ready. You go talk to someone like Jim Callis, like I did a few weeks back. Like that's a stretch to think that Jacob Marcy is actually going to be ready to go to play center field for the Padres on opening day. So it it, it would be young guys being pushed when they're probably not ready to go. That's what it would be. It would be Crony still playing first base if they don't move him. It would be Kim. Let's say they don't trade Kim. He's at second base, which I think a lot of Padres fans are fine with because Sasan Kim was one of the better players this past season. But it would be him there. It would be Bogarts at short. When Manny's healthy, it would be Manny at third. But then you're just running back something that wasn't successful this past season. Now, I think that those guys are going to bounce back. I think Kronworth can bounce back. I think Manny and Bogarts will have better seasons. But what about the outfield? You know, you look at the outfield and it's like, wow, okay. So if they don't make enough moves, the outfield looks like it's in trouble. You know, Fernando can't play all three outfield positions. Um, and then back end of the rotation, there'd be big question marks there. So, yeah, it would be to me, if not enough moves are made, it would be lack of depth, big question marks around the roster. And it would probably be a lot of fans and a, definitely national people not thinking the Padres would be a playoff team or they would sneak in as like the last playoff team, probably, if not enough moves are made. Let's say they, because Kevin Kiermaier is off the board, let's say they're not able to get a center fielder. So I'm still kind of going down the path of they make moves, but not enough moves, right? So not like no moves, like this question, because I don't think that's realistic. But let's say they bring in... I don't know, Max Kepler to play left field, which I would like, or maybe he'd go in center, but they don't fill out the outfield. One of them is coming from within, the left fielder or the center fielder. And let's say they bring back Jerkson Profar, but are they going to play him every day at first base when they're paying Cronaworth on a long-term deal? So let's say it's that, where it's not a complete roster, but you brought in some pieces. I still think that there's going to be some national people out there that would say that the Padres are not a postseason team. Like, if we look at the postseason picture from this past season, right? And I'm not necessarily looking at the teams that made it this past year, but just looking how many spots there are. And we know that the top seeds, right, they get buys. The one and two seed going to the NLDS, Who are those playoff teams right now? Like there's, it's weird to say that like right now, like there's almost no point in saying that because, well, there's so many players that are still out there. Josh Hader is still out there. Cody Bellinger, Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, Marcus Stroman. Like there's a lot of different names that are out there that could impact teams. J.D. Martinez. I think Justin Turner is a free agent. He's out there. So there's just a lot of names. So right now, I mean, this could be like a joke, you know, a couple months from now because the Padres could look better or other t- other teams in the National League could look a lot better, but let's say right now, let's say the Dodgers and the Braves are the one and two seeds again. Who are the other playoff teams? Let's say it's the St. Louis Cardinals to win the division. You could say Cubs, but I don't know what they're going to do the rest of this offseason, but I'm saying the Cardinals just for the Central. Let's say they're the three seed because they're the other division winner. Phillies are in. Who else would be in? Would we go Cubs? I don't know if we would go with the Miami Marlins again. Phillies, would you go Mets? I don't know. They're trying to take a step back. So, I mean, we have how many we have two more slots to fill here what about the D-backs would you say the Diamondbacks are ahead of the Padres right now coming off of the World Series maybe let's put the D-backs in there right I I don't think the Brewers are but let's go D-backs Phillies the three seed I said Cardinals and so that leaves one more slot who's that one more slot is it the marlins is it the mets is it the padres is it the giants is it the brewers is it the cubs did i because i don't think i said i didn't say the cubs right who is it are we confident that the padres would be ahead of all those teams right now that's why i'm saying like if not enough moves are made i think there's going to be national people that would say no on the padres but then there would be maybe some padres fans or local media that would say the Padres get the last wild card spot. And for me, like, I just want them to get in and then see what happens. If they get in, they're probably playing good enough baseball. But, yeah, that would be concerning for sure. To answer this question, yeah, it would be concerning if they didn't make enough moves for sure. Um, I'm just trying to go to the rest of this question here from this fan here. Are they clearing room so if the Padres stand pat, Would they be clearing room to give Hassan Kim a payday soon? I don't think so. I don't think them standing pat is them saving money. I think for Hassan Kim for an extension, I think that they've already like made their bed and they have to lay in it. You know, like Bogart's is here, Manny's here, Kronoworth is here, Merrill's coming up. I don't see Hassan Kim as a part of this team long term. I just don't see that. So, no, I think them standing pat or them not doing enough would be them just lowering the payroll because they're trying to figure out, okay, what's the number? What's the payroll number that we can go to where it's still a top 10 payroll, let's say, definitely top half of the league, but we're not going to be having to take out $50 million loans every year. That's what I think that would be is them scaling back the payroll, obviously saying, Hey, we have this star talent. And they're just trying to find that right spot. And then maybe by the end of 2024, they will see, okay, we found the right spot. If they don't have to take out a loan and fans show up. And let's say they win 84, 85 games and they're, they're, you know, they're in the playoff race. Maybe then they find, okay, this is the number we spent. Maybe we can go a little bit more or no, this is the number. This was a good number. This is the number we should probably be at every year instead of going to 250, right? Because that's not something that was going to happen year in and year out. I hope Padres fans weren't thinking that was what was going to happen year in, year out. Um, And by the way, that makes me think of Eric Grubner's comment that he made, obviously. And I did a video on this, so if you missed that, I gave my full thoughts on it already here on this YouTube channel. But this was the quote, if you missed it, because I did want to at least briefly hit on this. I'm sure there's going to be some comments here on YouTube, so I'll probably get back to it again. But this was him talking to Bryce Miller the other day about like the lowering of payroll, and he says, I understand fans might focus on the departure of Soto, and free agents we might not sign this year, but we feel like we have a great core group of players. If fans fell asleep three years ago and woke up to see the caliber of players we had under long-term contracts, they would be pretty surprised. Even if it might seem lower than some fans expect at times moving ahead, it still is significantly higher than it historically has been. And I took that quote as, okay, so he's good enough with settling for whatever the Padres have right now. And this is a new era for the Padres. This is not Peter Seidler running things. This is Eric Kutsenda getting the budget, having a budget, getting the money under control. And him and Eric Gruppner agreeing that the money needs to be more under control. They have to lower the payroll. Hey, if you fell asleep three years ago, look, you'd be pretty surprised. We would have, we have Tatis and Bogarts and Manny and Musgrove and Darvish. Like, wow, you'd be pretty surprised. Well, we didn't fall asleep three years ago, Eric, you know, like, come on, dude. And I got some vibes of the Reds president when he was like, well, where are you going to go? telling Reds fans, you know, uh, based on, he was talking, I think this was on opening day and he was telling Reds fans like, yeah, so fans were frustrated and someone asked him about what his message I think would be to Reds fans. And he was like, well, where are you going to go? If based on today's baseball, what makes, what, what makes sense for a winner is for us to move the team. Like, Cincinnati is not the best market to try to go win a World Series in and be, you know, a contender for a World Series year in and year out. And to me, that was him just making an excuse, and that's going to piss off Reds fans, right? Here, I'm grateful. We're not the Cincinnati Reds. Like, I'm grateful for that. But I got those kind of vibes from this. Like, hey, if you fell asleep three years ago, you'd be surprised with the guys we have locked down long term on this roster yeah but what about the other guys that have left this roster because of the other moves that have had to or the other moves that not had to have been made but other moves that have been made by aj preller by people in this padres organization bringing in players or extending players that didn't need to be extended at that point in time right right And, oh, even if it might seem lower than some fans expect, it's still significantly higher than it historically has been. So, hey, at least it's not as bad as it was in 2017. He didn't say that, but that's what I got from that. And I understand how fans get pissed off about that, especially season ticket holders who keep seeing their prices go up. And my family has season tickets, so I understand this for sure. Prices go up. But the payroll's going down. Josh Hader, Blake Snow, Juan Soto not going to be on this team. Nick Martinez, Michael Waka, Seth Lugo not going to be on this team. Guys aren't going to be on this team. But you know, you didn't you didn't make the postseason. But yeah, hey, we're still gonna you know raise season ticket prices. And the regular fan that has a family of four or a family of five or a family of six, let's say, and wants to go to a couple games a year, it's a lot of money. And maybe they're Three four games a year turns into one a game one game a year, or they can't go to the Dodger games because of the inflated prices by the Padres. You know, so I definitely get the frustration from Padres fans, no doubt about that. Um, so yeah, uh, where was I that made me want to go to this group or quote? I think I was addressing. Oh, yeah. Are they clearing room to give Kim a payday soon? Like, no, that's just not in their plans. And I think right now they're in the spot where they're trying to trim the payroll to try to see what's the best spot financially. What's the right number on this payroll to be able to go long term? Have that same payroll number and don't exceed it because then you have to take out loans. What's the right number based on the revenue coming in? From ticket sales, from merchandise sales, from ads. Like, what's the right number to be at? Where we can be competitive, have a competitive payroll, the the most competitive payroll possible, while not having to be in debt. That's what it feels like the Padres are at. Um, So, no, they're not chasing Kim. They're, They're not clearing room to give Kim a payday. I don't see that. Um. Are the Padres going to be okay if this is the case? I mean, no, no, not really. Because there's a lot of good teams in the National League. There's good teams in the American League, too. But, I mean, you look at the Dodgers, obviously, they're not on that level. They're not on the Phillies' level. They're not on the Braves' level. Those are the big three teams there, right? The D-backs, I think that was an amazing run by the D-backs. But I, I think the Padres are, I think they're, they're close to the Diamondbacks. Depending on what they do this offseason, I think they they can be pretty close to the D-backs. Would you put the Padres over the Giants right now? I mean, didn't the Giants finish ahead of the Padres last year? In the standings? No, they did Okay, so Padres third place. D-backs were second. Giants were fourth. I mean... So, yeah, I'd put the Padres and D-backs a little bit ahead of the Giants. But how much ahead is the big question. Like, the D-backs, I thought that was an amazing run, and it was a great end to their season, right? Like, getting to the World Series, like, holy cow. But are they going to do that year in and year out? Is this going to be a postseason team year in, year out? I'm not so sure about that. But, yeah, I think we have to put the D-backs ahead of the Padres a little bit. I, d- I wouldn't put the D-backs a lot ahead of the Padres because there was a lot of things that happened this past year that probably aren't going to happen again with the Padres. But, yeah, who are the teams right now? I mean, Braves, Phillies. Would you put the Cubs ahead? Would you put the Cardinals ahead? I know they just want 71 and 91, but they've signed some guys already this offseason. I wouldn't. Let's not go anyone in the NL Central because I think we're guessing there. You know, the Brewers, it feels like they're just, you know, trying to go rebuild. Braves, Phillies, Dodgers, D-backs. So four teams there that are ahead of the Padres right now, at least. And then maybe the Marlins, maybe a team like the Cubs, maybe the Brewers, just basing it off of what happened last year before you even get to the Padres and there needs to be a fifth team on, in the playoff picture because the NL Central champ obviously makes it. So, yeah, like right now the Padres would be one of those on the bubble teams or in that bubble of missing the playoffs, just getting in. I feel like that's where they would be at for sure. So, yeah, moves need to be made. Like it would it definitely would not be good enough just to you know, sit there going into the year with this rotation with this outfield i mean this outfield it's there's it's tatis and that's it you know jose zocar knows this that's not someone that you want playing center field every day is it i don't think so all right let's get to the chat but first quick message about gaglion bros check out gaglion bros famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries on friars road you can visit their website, gaggleonbros.com for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. All right, let's go to the chat. Devin says it's hard to dictate what Preller is going to do. It is and it isn't. Like I think with the Padres' plan right now, I think it's pretty obvious that they're probably not going to have to make all of their moves via free agency, or at least they're not going to be able to do that unless you want to fill your team with a bunch of Kevin Pillars, on like one year, $5 million deals, you're going to have to trade to get maybe controllable, cheaper pitching or a cheaper outfield. Because these guys, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, who had a .2 F4 this past year, just got $7.5 million a year from the Toronto Blue Jays, a two year, $15 million deal. IKF, And he's not a starter. He's a bench player, platoon guy. So if you want an everyday center fielder, you want an everyday left fielder, I mean, look what Kevin Kiermaier got, and he's not a top-of-the-order guy. He's a bottom-of-the-order guy. He got, what, $10, $10 $10.5 million, I think, from the Blue Jays on that one-year deal. That's an option off the board for the Padres, obviously. So what's Harrison Bader going to cost? What's Michael A. Taylor going to cost? Who's coming off of a good year for him? What's David Peralta going to cost? What's Tommy Pham going to cost? Who was just in the World Series, you know? So if you want to build an outfield, a rotation, I think we know that Preller is going to, well, waiting for January. He already said that, waiting for January, and he's going to be probably making at least another trade, one other trade. Like, that's just what's going to have to happen here. Viva Padre says, the Cy Young Award winner still hasn't signed with the team and it's nearly January. Yeah, that's true, but I think a lot of people were waiting for Otani, Yamamoto to sign, and now there's the holidays, and maybe teams are waiting for Snell's price to come down a little bit. We don't know what, like, what exactly is Snell asking for, or what is Boris asking for on behalf of Snell. Maybe teams don't want to do that, so that's why Snell isn't going to be signed right now. There's also been plenty of good players that haven't signed until January, until February, right? I know it's a different position, but Manny and Harper didn't sign till February. Like, sometimes it takes a while. I can see Marcy or Merrill starting in the outfield. I can't imagine the Padres signing two outfielders. I can imagine that. Maybe not signing, but they... they sign one and trade for another or they sign one trade for another and they sign profar to a cheap deal and we know he can play left field if you need him to center field yeah let's not do that Mike Schilt but you know he can play a corner if you need him to uh Merrill I cannot see him starting in the outfield I I don't see that I don't know if he's even going to be up on opening day and I think if he was if the Padres were actually serious about him playing the outfield every day wouldn't we have already heard that that was like part of the plan or part of their thinking? I know it's the holidays, but we haven't really heard anything like Dennis Lynn, Kevin AC. We haven't seen a whole lot of stuff from them or other reporting about Jackson Merrill or, you know, Jacob Marcy opening days outfield. Like I, I Marcy, I can see more than Merrill and I don't even, it doesn't seem like Marcy is even ready to go for opening day. Devin says, how do you counter moves your division rivals make? It's not really about that because like I was, I think I was talking with John Schaefer about this the other day on the show here, the Dodgers and the giants, other teams, they're making moves that the Padres have already made. Now the Padres didn't get their Shohei Otani. I get that, but they gave Darvish a hundred plus million dollars. They gave Musgrove a hundred million dollars. Right, they traded for Blake Snow a few years ago. Like they made moves to get big starting pitching. Where the Dodgers this past year, I mean, they didn't have that. Walker Bueller was hurt. They didn't go out and make a big move. Um, Shohei Otani with the Dodgers, right, giving up, giving all that money to Shohei. The Padres have already done that. They already did gave the big extension to Manny, the the contract to Crony, the contract to Brogarts, the extension to Tatis years ago. They've already done some of that. Like the Giants with Jung-Hoo Lee, a hundred plus million dollars. Like that's an overpay in my opinion, but they're, they've already, the Padres have already done some of those things. So countering those moves, like the Padres are, it's like those teams are countering what the Padres did, if that makes sense. The Padres, what they have to do is make moves that can round out this roster. That's what this off season is about. Now you could say, well, left field and center field, that's not rounding out the roster. Those are key pieces. And that's true. But, Rounding out, rounding out the roster, I guess I mean we know that the core of the roster, Manny, Bogarts, Tatis, Musgrove, for now, Cronaworth because of the long-term contract, um, Kim, but it's one year left. Guys like that, that's the core of the roster. And then how do you build around that with guys that are not going to be here on long-term deals? There are no long-term deals that are going to be handed out by the Padres this offseason. Let's get that out of our heads. That's just not going to happen. So hopefully you understand my point there about countering moves. It's not really countering the big moves the other teams make. It's about doing what's best for your roster. need outfielders need two to three starters in the rotation, need more lefties both bat and pitching, need a slugging DH first baseman. Yeah, and I don't know if the Padres are going to go get just strictly a slugging first base DH guy. Maybe it's someone that can play a corner outfield position and first base. Maybe it's someone that we don't view necessarily as this big power bat, but it's more of a first baseman than Jake Cronenworth. It's not that high of a bar, though. So I'm interested in seeing who that guy ends up being for sure. Um, but, I mean, for now, I'm at least they have a starting infield. They don't have a starting outfield right now. No disrespect to Cal Mitchell. I think that's his name. Cal Mitchell. Yeah. And Jose Zocar, like, okay, you know, having him as a defensive outfielder, all right, but having him every day as your center fielder, that's not going to make Padres fans super excited. Viva Padres says there aren't any center fielders on the market besides Cody. I don't think Marcy is ready myself. I don't think Marcy's ready either. And there's Bader out there. There's Michael A. Taylor, but after that, it drops off. I mean, there's Kevin Pilar. But that's kind of like an Adam Engel thing. And so hope that Kevin Pilar doesn't get hurt. Last year, the Padres brought in David Dahl, Adam Engel. They had a couple of those like Major League veteran depth guys that are on cheap one-year deals. So they could do that again. I, they, they probably are going to do that again with someone. I wouldn't be surprised to see someone like Kevin Pilar sign a one-year deal with the Padres. Um, but I get your point for sure, yeah. Besides Cody, there's no one that's going to get $100-plus million 1000000 dollars from a team in free agency. that That's a center fielder. Cody Bellinger is that guy. And as I've said already, uh, you can go look on the YouTube channel. I'm sure you could search up like Cody Bellinger talking Friars or something if you don't want to go through the videos. I already put out a clip about why the Padres shouldn't go sign Cody Bellinger. Like It's just a big risk. They've already given out big contracts. You could have Marcy coming up and he could be ready at some point. It's a big risk. I'm not giving $200 million to a guy that had a good season last year, but then what happened the three years before that, right? At least Bogarts, he was more consistent than Bellinger was when the Padres signed him. Average-wise and offensively, like, he knew what you were going to get for the most part. I know he had a down year this year, and he had the wrist injury, right? But it was more consistent. The track record going into his free agency this past season. More than Bellinger. So, like, one, the Padres aren't in the spot financially to do that in terms of just room they have before they get to the luxury tax number, before they get to 237 or wherever the Padres want to be with the luxury tax there, the CBT. And two, it's just a huge risk that I I, I definitely would not take if I'm the Padres. I wouldn't even have maybe, I mean, you probably should have at least one discussion with Boris about Bellinger or you know, later in the offseason if the price is going down, but I am not giving him even a hundred mil. I'm not giving Cody Bellinger you know a six-figure contract. Not happening. Um, one of three things, sign Belly, trade for Kepler. If not, then platoon for Azokar and Marcy. I would prefer to trade for Kepler. Are you saying for center field? For center field. Guffil to fish. Um, that's who did this comment here. So sign Bellinger. That's off the table. Trade for Kepler. Okay. I would do that as well. I'd like that. If not, then platoon for a and Marcy. Yeah, but I don't think Marcy is ready. So if they don't get Kepler, you know, Bellinger's off the table. So then you're having a Zocar be the, the everyday center fielder there. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. That goes back to what I've been saying earlier in this show. That's not great. That's not great if the Padres don't build a complete roster, including center field and left field. Because it feels like right now things could change, but it feels like Tatis is the Padres right fielder. It doesn't feel like he's going to move to center. Are we going to see clips of Tatis shagging balls in center field in spring training? Yes. I would be surprised if we don't see a clip of Tatis shagging in center field. Because that's just the right thing to do is for the Padres to have him take some reps out there in center field in case something happens. Because you never know what could happen. But he's he's a right fielder, I think. Juan says, except reality, win now mode, it's over. They gambled and they lost. Mediocre players, it's the way the front office will play. I disagree with win now mode being over. Now, if you think that win now mode is $250 million payroll and that's the only win now mode there is, okay, then yeah. like That's not going to be happening consistently. But, They can still be in win-now mode. I mean, they still have Manny, Tatis, and Bogarts on this team. You still have Darvish and Musgrove on this team. You just brought in Michael King, who I think is a talented arm. Randy Vasquez and Johnny Brito are talented. We know Robert Suarez is talented. It seems like uh, Yuki Matsui is is talented. We know Tom Cosgrove is talented. Luis Camposano, the positive offensive things that he showed this past season. Kyle um, one of the solid backup catchers in baseball. Cronenworth, I think, is going to bounce back. You still have Hassan Kim for a year. Like, I think that they have solid pieces. They just have to round this roster out. So I still think that they're in win now mode. They're not in all in Peter Seidler win now mode because Peter Seidler was the one that was driving that ship there. Sure, they don't have Juan Soto and Josh Hader and Blake Snow, but they weren't going to pay those guys. So they're in win-now mode, I think, scale win-now mode light, I guess, if that's how you want to put it. I think they're still trying to win. It just doesn't look like they're in all-in win-now mode because some of the players that are leaving this roster that we knew that was going to happen, by the way. Like, yeah, 2023, all these moves that keep happening and we're seeing players sign with other teams and things that are happening. It just feels more and more at least the thought more and more in my head keeps coming out like, man, that freaking 2023 team, how much they blew it. How much Bomell and these guys that didn't step up, how much these guys blew it. You know, Peter Silers last year is the chairman of the Padres here with us in real life. All the fans showing up, you have Hater. you have Snell, you have Soto, you have all this. Snell saying in the clubhouse, I'm never going to be on a team with this much talent ever again. And you missed the postseason. I mean, the Miami Marlins made the postseason. Like, I'm not trying to disrespect Skip Skip Schumacher and his team, but they made the postseason. And what did what was the Marlins record this past year? Marlins 2023. It was like 83 wins. 84 wins. 84 and 78. To think that the 2023 Padres could not win 84 games. It's just embarrassing. So yeah, you keep thinking like, man, 2023, that was the all-in win-now mode. The big gamble, and they couldn't even make the postseason. Just a kick in the nuts. It sucks, I know. But they can still be in win-now mode light, I guess, if that's what it is. Like, they're still, I still think they're trying to win. And they better be still trying to win. But and with some of the moves that they have made this offseason, like you can tell that they are still trying to win in the circumstances that they have. The circumstances that they have been dealt, the circumstances that they have put themselves in as well. But yeah, I understand fans that don't think it's like that because of some of the big names that are coming off of the roster. But we knew that these big names are not going to be here for the next decade. All of them. That's just how baseball works. You're you're not, you can't pay everyone unless you're the Dodgers. And then you can defer, you know, 97% of a contract because the guy's Japanese and he, he makes $50 million a year in endorsement money. You know, um, if you're the Padres, you can't bring everybody back. That's just how it is. Yeah, and here you go. Yeah, baseball is a funny game. Go Phil to Fish says here, you don't need megastars at every position to win. And you're right. So you can be in win-now mode and not have superstars at every position. Like, the Texas Rangers, did they did they have superstars at every position? No. Did they have stars? Yeah, they had Marcus Semien, They had Corey Seager, position player-wise. But guess what? They had some other guys that we didn't know a ton about step up, like Adolis Garcia. like. Someone like uh, Joda Heim, Evan Carter as a rookie. They had those guys step up. And so that's what Padres are going to have to have here if they want to be a real contender, you know, at the end of the 2024 season here. I agree, Richard. Padres still don't have anywhere near enough pitching. They needed to add at least 900 innings. Yeah, they have work to do in the rotation for sure. The bullpen, I think, is okay. I mean, yeah, you'd like, you can never have enough pitching. So, yeah, bring it on, bring on another reliever. But the rotation is where it's definitely like, okay, wow, we need some additions here. Definitely need some additions. Devin says, what about the Reds, Ben? I feel like they could be a contender. They, yeah, I mean, they're a team that you think is on the rise. So, sure. And the Marlins, they're on the rise, obviously, making the postseason this past year. I'm not saying the Nationals are a contender. Please don't get me wrong. But I think they're trying to, in the right direction as well are the Mets gonna win 75 games this next year even when they're not trying to go all in and win there's still a, a good amount of pieces on that roster so the National League's gonna to be tough that's that's definitely my point here it's going to be tough and yeah the Padres can't just stand pat and not make moves yeah that's that's the way it seems like only way Hasan Kim can stay long term is moving Jake obviously but then also, what happens with Merrill, too? Do you put Merrill in a trade? Do you have Merrill play the outfield? I, I, either way, I just don't see Hassan Kim being here long-term. Even if they trade Jake Cronenworth, maybe they can work out an extension, but what do you do with Jackson Merrill? Do you go all-in with Kim on an extension? You pay him? What would it be? I mean, Jung-Hoo Lee hasn't played in the big leagues, and the guy just got 113 mil from the Giants. So what would it be for a Hassan Kim extension when he keeps getting better every year? They gave Jake Cronenworth an extension for, what, $80 million for a guy that was declining offensively every year? Um, so what would it be for Kim? Now, if they go get a big time starting, maybe what they would do is they trade Jake, you extend Kronenworth, or not, sorry. You trade Jake, you extend Kim, you trade Merrill in a trade for a controllable starter for like a Dylan Cease, and then you lock up Dylan Cease. But then you're still spending more money. Like, you trade Kronenworth, right? So you get off 80 mil, but Kim's going to cost more than 80 mil, and that's going to cost more to bring in, you're costing yourself Merrill, and you're going to have to pay the starting pitcher coming in if you want him long term. Or are you okay with trading Merrill just to wait, just to have Cease be a bridge for Snelling, Lesko? Maybe Lesko would have to go in a deal for for uh, for Dylan Cease as well. I'm just throwing some stuff out there, but yeah, Hassan Kim, he's not he's not staying. Joseph says I heard Mets were interested in Cronenworth. I have not seen that. I have not seen that. Why would they be interested in Jake Cronenworth? When they're focused on, maybe they're not focused on it, but Pete Alonso's going to be a free agent coming up. Jeff McNeil, they gave a contract to. They have Lindor long-term. Why would they be interested in Cronor? So, I don't think that. Uh, Juan says, I know, but I see people saying go for Bellinger, trade for Rosarena, Burns, and that will not happen. The Rosarena and Burns ones are more realistic than Bellinger. Bellinger, free agent. The Padres aren't giving him two hundred million dollars. Reina, thats a three-year deal, I think. And how much would he make? What is it like? Seven mil, something like that. Or I think it's less than ten million dollars a year. It's pretty reasonable for Randy Reina. And with Corbin Burns, it's one year. It's not seven years. So those are more realistic. And the Padres—they have a strong farm system still. I think it's a top 10 farm system or based on wherever you, depending on where you look, I think MLB has them as like number nine, something like that. So they still have a strong farm system. It's just a question of do they want to part with these guys or not. Um, I'm seeing here Josh Hader wants a big deal, wants a contract bigger than Edwin Diaz's five-year $102 million deal. So that's why Josh Hader isn't signed yet. But maybe teams would see it with Josh as, hey, I know that he didn't want to pitch for the Padres in any situation. He didn't want to give multiple innings. Are we in a playoff race? I know that he didn't want to do that for the Padres, and that might not be the best guy to bring in. But if we give him, you know, a, a $103 million to beat Edwin Diaz, he's locked up. He has his money. Maybe he will be. He's He'd be willing to be a multi-reliever, multi-inning guy. Be a four-out reliever. Where with the Padres, he wasn't going to do that because, or what, are we in a playoff race and he has free agency coming up? Maybe that's what would talk teams into giving Hayter that money. But if I were teams, I would not give Hayter that money right now. No, I mean, I would propose him probably like 80 mil and then... You bring it up from there and you try to find middle ground. But no, these teams, you don't just give a reliever a hundred plus million dollars right off the bat. Unless you're trying to extend a guy like Edwin Diaz with the Mets, but that's not, or no, he was a free agent. But the Mets really wanted him back. So they gave him that. They were like, yeah, whatever you want. But teams that don't know Josh Hader and haven't had that relationship and they've seen some of the past things with Josh Hader, maybe they're like, yeah, let's, let's actually negotiate here. I'm not just going to give this guy whatever he wants. So, yeah, I mean, I know that there's, at the beginning of the offseason, a lot of people were pointing to Josh Hader going to the Texas Rangers. Which, yeah, that makes all the sense in the world. I wonder if the Dodgers would pay for Hader. I mean, they're spending a ton of money, so they might be like, hey, We're going to make a lot of money. Might as well go sign Josh Hader. Maybe it's an off-the-wall team that wants to make a big move, signal to their fan base, hey, we're trying to win. It's not going to be the Padres. That I know. All right, let's go here. Down in the comments. Irie says total silence on Padres news to on ESPN after Soto left. They're like, San Diego, who again, or MLB network, not ESPN. Well, yeah, I mean, in fairness as well to those, to the writers, reporters, to MLB network, big outlets. Why would you talk about the Padres? You talked about the Padres a couple years ago and this past year going in because they were the big hype team because they brought in Bogarts, and Tatis was returning, and they were coming off the NLCS appearance. Now they're coming off of missing the postseason. You traded Juan Soto, not acquired Juan Soto. And the Dodgers signed Otani and Yamamoto, the two biggest J- Japanese superstars out there. And the Yankees acquired Juan Soto, so they're going to get attention. And there are these other teams making moves. Cardinals, they signed Sonny Gray. Backs signed and Walter Rodriguez. The Padres haven't signed a big free agent. Yuki Matsui, okay, but that's not on the level of Jung-Hoo Lee even. Like, there was more attention about Jung-Hoo Lee than there was about Yuki Matsui. So, in fairness to them, yeah, why would you talk about the Padres? But I hope that this is a good thing, that, you know, these guys in that clubhouse can sit there and be like, no, no one's talking about us, let's go prove them wrong, people are doubting, people... Don't think that we're going to be maybe some people don't think we're going to be a playoff team. We missed the postseason this past year. The Dodgers are making all these moves. They're getting all the attention. All right, right. let's go do our work here in silence and let's have urgency. Let's go make the postseason and let's go make some noise. So maybe that's going to be a good thing. You know, the underdog mentality, maybe that can be good for the Padres. We shall see. Kirsten says January will be the hot market. I, I think so, too. I mean, it has to be, right? Because spring training starts in February. I get it with the holidays, it kind of being quiet now, but there's a lot of free agents out there. They have to sign in January, I would think. Maybe there's some big starting pitcher trades that'll go down. Caesar says Snell will get NOLA money. What did NOLA get again? 175 One seventy-five, right? Aaron NOLA contract. 172. Seven years, 172. Snell, I think he'll get more than that. I think he'll get more than that. He's won a couple of Cy Youngs. He's coming off of Cy Young. I think that can help him. Maybe a team gets desperate because they missed out on Yamamoto. Maybe they don't want to go with Montgomery. They missed out on Otani as well. Maybe they don't have the farm system to go trade for Dylan Cease or Corrin Burns or Shane Bieber or they don't want to for one year, and they'll pay Snell. But I think it'll be a little bit more than Nola. Tim says, Padres couldn't afford Rowdy Telez for D8. Yeah, I mean, with the Pirates, he got like, what, three mil, something like that? I think that he was probably like given the uh, starting spot. And maybe he just wanted to be signed and get it over with instead of waiting like a lot of guys are now and still waiting for other guys to sign in front of them before those teams want to go do business with them um and maybe at that time the padres didn't maybe they were still looking cuz he signed a little bit of a, a little while ago right maybe they were still pondering are we going to trade cronoworth or not are we going to trade kim what's going to happen here so, maybe they were still wondering. And then Talez signed, and they were like, well, we can go get someone else for $3 million if we need to. We can just bring back Garrett Cooper. Maybe they didn't, maybe they weren't big fans of Rowdy Talez. But yeah, I saw that at that point too. And I was like, what? They couldn't, you couldn't give Rowdy Talez $3 million? Really? The Pirates beat you for Rowdy Talez? But who knows if they were even interested in Rowdy Talez? Matthew says, Bellinger, baby. No, 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 Bellinger, baby, actually. Please, no, Bellinger. Joseph says, they may have to trade Lusco and Zavala for Randy Rosarena. This isn't bad, because we'll still keep Snelling, Thorpe, and Salas for future. Randy has three years of control. Yeah, for Randy Rosarena, Lusco and Zavala, I, I, if I'm trading for a pitcher, I think I'd be more fine giving up Dylan Lesko, but this could be a Patino thing, right? Where Patino was this big pot uh, prospect with the Padres, and they trade him for Snell, but again, they trade him for a pitcher. They trade him, doesn't do a whole lot, and they end up winning the trade. Um, if they if that trade happened like right now, the Padres acquire Arena and they trade Lesko, I would be like. Okay, well, let's go Hurts, but we have Randy Rosarena. We filled a big hole on this team. Like, I'm happy about that. So, yeah, I would probably do that. And then, yeah, they'd have Snelling. They'd have Thorpe. They'd have Salas. Yeah, they'd still have that. They'd still have Ariarte. They'd still have Mazur. they still have Michael King, Randy Vasquez, Johnny Brito. They'd still have talent. So, I probably would do that. But then, what are you going to do pitching as well? You know, that's a question. So we'll see. Uh Guff, to Fish says 2025 is looking really bright regardless. I will say that. It does with some of the young guys' potential. But prospects are prospects. We don't know if they're going to turn out. There's plenty of times where we thought, oh, I'm really excited to watch this guy make his big league debut. The debut even goes well. And then what happens? It doesn't turn out the way we were hoping it to be. So prospects are prospects. It might look bright, but it might not end up being as bright as we thought. But, yeah, you know, having Snelling come up, let's say, 2025, and you have Musgrove, you have Darvish, you have Michael King, you have Iriarte, or maybe you acquire a pitcher. Maybe the Padres spend in free agency next offseason when Burns and Bieber are out there. Um. Yeah, it could look much better than what the rotation looks like right now, for sure. And then position player-wise, Merrill up, Marcy up. If he doesn't get dealt, maybe have some clarity on some of the other position players. Are they on the roster? Are they not? But it is hard for me to look at 2025 right now. Like I'm so focused on 2024. All right, continuing to go through the chat here. The Beef says, Ben, you really think we are postseason bound with Batten and Dixon? Possible Marcy, if one steps up to play at MLB potential, that's great, but I'm worried. I think that if they don't make any moves, and you're saying like this, where Batten is playing because Manny's DHing, let's say, and they have Brandon Dixon as a bench player or something like that. Uh, I, I would probably say that this team is going to be... If if guys perform better than this past season, I think... Now, it, it also depends what are they going to do with the rotation, right? But position player-wise, if it's like this, which it's not going to be, but if it's like this, I would say, yeah, probably not a postseason team, probably like the the one of the last teams that get eliminated from postseason contention. I think they can, you know be up there with probably like san francisco and miami maybe one of the nl central teams maybe the mets maybe on that level but yeah i would probably say no they're not a playoff team (laughs) with how it is right now for sure i mean yeah there's a lot of holes on this roster so no i'm not saying that i don't think that they're a, a for sure playoff team like this no Yeah, Eddie Rosario, lefty bat. I think he's a name that they could sign. He hasn't been signed, right? There are some of the smaller moves that have happened over kind of this holiday period here. I don't think Eddie Rosario is signed. Winker could be like the David Dahl. Just bring him in on a minor league. Or it was David. I think David Dahl. David Dahl may have been a major league deal. But no, that was Angle. Dahl might have been the minor league deal, but yeah, bring him in on like a minor league deal and maybe he ends up being a bench guy, a bench outfielder. I hope he wouldn't be the starting outfielder like David Dahl was this past year on opening day. I know because Tatis was suspended, but yeah, Winker. I mean, Eddie Rezard, Winker is a minor league deal. I wouldn't mind those guys. I think there are still a little bit better options out there and I'm high on Max Kepler, but that's $10 million. And the Twins probably want pitching and Major League pitching. And the Padres, that's something they need as well. So I don't know. Maybe that would be a three-team trade situation, not just two teams. Alex here says, Do you have any worry that if the Padres don't win, that Manny or X will waive their no trades? Mine is at like 10% right now. No. Manny is here, I think, the rest of his career. Uh. Bogarts maybe, because he hasn't been here that long. He hasn't. He doesn't have like that huge connection with the city. And I think if the Padres approach him and be like, "Yeah, we we want to trade you," then yeah, he'd probably waive the clause because he. Why would he want to be w- with a team that doesn't want him, right? Where Manny and the Padres, Manny being you know the co-owner with San Diego FC or minority owner, whatever you call it with the MLS club and him having the house in San Diego and the long-term contract, the second contract with the Padres. I think Xander is more likely, but right now I, I don't, I don't worry about that because one, I mean, good luck finding someone that wants the Xander Bogart's contract and Manny. I don't think they'd trade him any anyway. Um, So no, I'm, I don't, that's not even in my, in my head as a possibility. And I think there's Padre fans out there that would be like, why would I be worried if, you know, Xander worried about Xander waving his no trade clause? I want Xander gone. I think that's what many Padres fans think because they know that that contract already looks like a a bad choice by the Padres. I'm not giving up on Xander. Like I, I, I've seen the track record. I think he can bounce back, but yeah, even I will sit here and realize like, yeah, that, Wasn't the best. I think we all realized it at the time. Given Xander Bogart's $280 million, that was not necessary. And it just felt like the Padres were, whether this was Peter Scyther or AJ or both, they were so set on, we're going to get another star. I don't care who it is. And the options came off the board and Xander was left. And they were like, all right, we're giving Xander this then. Without like realizing the other guys that were on the roster and the other shortstops that they had. And I'm fine with Tatis being in the outfield right now. The way that that has worked out, like, yeah, I'm fine with that. But if they didn't have Xander, you know, they could have Kim at shortstop right now. They could have a spot for Crona where he's most valuable at second base. They could have Merrill come up and be the shortstop or be the second baseman, you know, but with Xander there, it just creates more problems. And on top of it, it's not like he's making 750000 No, he's making, what, 30 mil a year, 28 mil a year, whatever it is, 25 a year. What's the AAV on that? 280. Yeah, twenty a little over 25 mil a year on the AAV. So it's like a, a double, double whammy. Quan asks, is Trout or a or, or Rosarena a Dodger yet? Let's complete this ridiculousness. Yeah, a Rosarena... I, I thought that if he was going to be a Dodger, he would have been traded with Glass now, but they they already acquired Manny Margot. I'm not saying it can't happen, but I don't think a Rosarena is going to be a Dodger. So I guess that's a good thing for the Padres. Trout, he's not being traded by the Angels. So I think they've already said that. So... I think Perry Manasian has already said that. Um, with the Dodgers, I mean, I don't know what else. What else are they going to do? Would it Probably relievers, right? I saw Emmanuel Classé's name being thrown out there. Probably relievers is what they have left to do, right? Maybe another outfield bat. Because I don't know if they'd have Margobi starting every day. And Hayward is kind of a platoon guy, I think. So... Out one more outfielder relief help, I guess, is what they'd be doing. But I mean, they've already, you know, committed over a billion dollars on free agents and the extension with Glass now. So I don't know how much more they're going to be doing. The Padres are going to be doing more the rest of this off But obviously, the Dodgers they've they've already won the off probably with getting Otani, getting Yamamoto, getting Glass now. But the the Padres just have a bunch of holes. But yeah, the Dodgers obviously are going to get all the attention. And again, maybe that'll be a good thing. Because we know when the Dodgers get all the attention and everyone thinks they're going to win, we've seen it in the past, they end up not winning. Carlos asks, what are the holes left on this roster? Padres, holes. Sorry, I was looking at a comment here. Must be a Dodger fan. Someone's commenting about, dude, you're sitting in a Padres stream. Yeah, those fans that come sit in a Padres stream, thank you for being here, but I don't know why you're here, to be honest. Like, I don't go sit in Dodger streams and go comment on Dodger streams. Like, because I follow what the Dodgers do because they're a team in the NL West, but I think you could, you know, Have better use of your time. Anyway, Carlos says here, what are the holes that are left in this roster again? Well, starting pitching, they only have like three starters right now. Avi Law, you could say, is a starter, and Randy Vasquez, and Matt Waldron, and maybe Luis Patino, but... Firm, yes, they're in the rotation. There's three guys right now. Uh, Probably another reliever. I think you want a first-base DH bat. You want probably another bench guy. Maybe that partly turns in, that's probably pro-far. Left field, center field, you need that. You don't have that right now. So, there's plenty of holes still left on this Padres roster for sure. Uh, Govfield to Fish says, I trust AJ will do something. He and Schilt are under a lot of pressure these next two years. Yeah, uh, they're under, under a lot of pressure this year. I know Schilt was a two-year contract, AJ's three more years, but they could fire those guys after this year. I mean, if they don't make the postseason this year, this ownership, Eric Kutsenda, although we've never heard him talk, we haven't seen him on video in a Padres press conference or anything like that. It's Eric Grubner that's speaking, not Kutsenda. This ownership group, what we know is they don't like Peter, S- or they don't like AJ Preller as much as Peter Scyther did. And we know that because no one liked AJ Preller more than Peter Seidler. So if AJ doesn't win, that will be a decade, right? A decade 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. Yeah. It would be a decade of seasons. And you would have made the postseason twice in that entire tenure. Twice. And one of them was a short year. 2020 and 2022. And 2022 was great. NLCS run, great. But though that was sandwiched in between a huge collapse. And then 2023, the biggest disappointment in franchise history. One of the more disappointing teams in Major League Baseball history, not just franchise history. And so, two playoff appearances in a decade, if they don't make the playoffs in 2023, this ownership group, I would not be surprised to see them say, AJ, you're done. And maybe Mike Schilt goes with them because they're maybe a package deal. And the new GM that comes in, guess what? They want to hire their own people. So, yeah, not just these next two years, but this next year. Let's just start with 2024. This offseason, this next season, there's a lot of pressure under A.J. Preller. He doesn't have that Peter Seidler safety net. All right. Any more comments to get to here? Uh, Civil Luthi says, Eric Kutsenda is a financial analyst. You probably don't need to hear him talk. But, I mean, Padre fans, I think we want to hear Eric could send a talk because he is literally the control person right now. And when we don't have a... We have a face, that one picture on the Internet, but when we don't have a voice to who is running this entire thing over A.J. Preller, we don't have a face that much. We don't have a face with a Padres backdrop, that's for sure. We don't have a voice... Like we don't have him actually talking passionately about the Padres, that's going to lead to a lot of worriness and questions, uneasiness about the Padres. Yeah, Eric Kut, not just Eric Kutsenda, but Eric Kutspenda. Yeah, I've seen that a lot, and it's it's not Eric with the K. That's Groupner. Eric with the C. All right, SeatGeek code talking Friars twenty dollars off your order if you want to go to Padres games in 2024. Use that code next year. Underdog Fantasy, 100% off. No, not 100% off. Uh, That would be great. 100% deposit match. So I guess it's 100% off on the deposit match. 100% deposit match, up to $100. Click that link in the description. Underdog Fantasy, MLB, coming up next year, obviously. But there's NBA, there's NFL, there's college basketball, there's college football, bowl games. The Holiday Bowl was last night. USC, my goodness. Miller Moss, I think that was his name. Dude turned into like Aaron Rodgers out there. Six touchdowns, I think he passed for. Holy cow, they beat Louisville. Uh, a lot of sporting events going on. There's pickums, there's drafts. Please use Underdog Fantasy. Great stuff over there. And Breaking Tea, Foco. Foco has some great Padres bobbleheads. Breaking Tea has some great Padres Aztecs wave shirts and sweatshirts. They have other sports as well. If you're a fan of another team that's not San Diego, Go check them out. Link in the description. And obviously, Gaglion Bros, the main sponsor, partner of this show, the best cheesesteaks in San Diego. Great garlic fries as well. There's the cheesesteak fries. Their main location is on Friars Road. Gaglion Bros, you got their website, the link in the description. And then in the website, there's the phone number, the address, all that. They'll hook you up. So, Please use all these to your advantage. want to help you out there. Thank you all for the time. Episode 545, Talking For Hours podcast and YouTube show. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, I'm trying to be as consistent as I can, even though there's like nothing happening in Padres' world right now in the offseason. On this YouTube channel, hopefully I'll get something up daily. Here's the episode for today, assuming that there's nothing else that's going to happen later today. Uh, I have thoughts on Kevin Kiermeyer not being an option for the Padres anymore. You can check that out. Eric Gruppner, the comments that he made the other day, I have a video out on that. Um, so stay tuned for the rest of the offseason content. Uh, without further ado, though, that is it, and enjoy the rest of your day. See ya.